Hello, this is the 38th episode of A Pushing, and in today's conversation, we'll be discussing the effects that the Sand Creek Massacre had on Western expansion. Many things led to the massacre beginning in 1851, when the Treaty of Fort Laramie between the United States and seven Indian nations, including the Cheyenne, was signed. This treaty showed that America supported the natives' claims to certain lands on which they previously owned. However, the Americans found gold in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, which was a part of the gold rush. Many Americans during this time sought wealth and prosperity, so they moved west in an attempt to find gold. Gold was a way to gain wealth quickly, and that intrigued many Americans. The lands in which the Americans migrated to were already occupied by the natives. This created conflict as the government supported the white settlers opposed to the natives who previously lived on that land. This caused the natives to sign the Treaty of Fort Wise, where the natives seceded most of the land they owned due to the Treaty of Fort Laramie. The American Civil War also led military forces out west and some of the armies settled in the Colorado Territory. The natives saw the American forces on their land as overly aggressive, which led to multiple attacks against the American soldiers by the natives. The Cheyenne Nation was one of the most successful Native American nations at that time. They had a good military strategy, they were talented buffalo hunters, and they were skilled horsemen. These were all important qualities for Native American nations to have to ensure success. They lived on the land along the Arkansas River in Colorado because of the abundance of buffalo. The Arapaho was another Native American nation that lived on this land and had a good relationship with the Cheyenne. The Native Americans and the whites had a peaceful relationship until 1863 when the Cheyenne made their second peace trip to the whites where the Cheyenne leaders met with American government leaders. At this meeting, the Cheyenne leaders proposed a war bonnet. Shortly after this meeting, however, widespread hostility between the whites and the natives broke out, causing great tragedy. After these fights, great fear of the Indians on the plains came about among the whites as they wanted the natives removed off of this land. After more raids and battles, the Cheyenne leaders Black Kettle, White Antelope, and Bull Bear held a meeting in Denver with Colonel John Shivington and Governor Evans. At this meeting, the Cheyenne leaders pleaded for peace with the whites and said that they wanted no more fighting. But Colonel Shivington said that the natives started the war and that they had the advantage of fighting in the summertime, and now it was his turn to have the advantage of, advantage of fighting in the winter. The goal of this meeting for the natives was to make peace, but that did not occur. Cheyenne leaders came to the conclusion that their people would be safer if they returned to Fort Lyon. So, on November 9, 1864, the Cheyenne people began arriving at Fort Lyon. The Cheyenne people were then directed 40 miles northeast to what they thought would be a secure location at Sand Creek. Colonel Shivington knew that the Cheyenne people would return to Fort Lyon, so he assembled 700 troops armed with great firepower and marched from Denver to Fort Lyon 
He arrived on November 28, 1864. Shivington and his army then marched to Sand Creek, where the Cheyenne were now hiding out. Shivington's army chased down the Cheyenne and Arapa people and massacred them. Some natives man managed to escape, while others fought back. The Native Americans were devastated by this massacre. Sand Creek fueled the natives and it ultimately led, ultimately led to many conflicts between the Native Americans and the whites over the Great Plains. The Sand Creek Massacre was the killing of around 230 Cheyenne and Arapo people by the United States Volunteer Forces on November 29, 1864. It was in fact one of the bloodiest massacres in the American Indian War. The soldiers were commanded by Colonel John M. Shivington, who advised the attack on a village made up of Cheyenne and Arapo people in the southeast of the Colorado Territory along the Sand Creek. The soldiers carried out their attack by driving the people out of their camps, and although many escaped the first wave of slaughter, Many women and children ran to the Sand Creek in an attempt to escape where they were shot and killed as they tried to move through the wet sand terrain. This devastated the Arapo and Cheyenne peoples and motivated more attacks and battles in the Midwest between the whites and the Native Americans. The period from 1861 to 1890 in the United States was a time of westward expansion. The period of westward expansion in the United States really began in 1848 with the California Gold Rush, where migration to California grew exponentially and where the population grew 11,000% in only two years. From 1860 to 1900, the federal government passed many land grants to encourage the movement westward of settlers and the American population. The Homestead Act of 1862 pushed westward expansion by granting 160 acres of land to settlers in exchange for a small registration fee. Also, in 1873, the government passed the Timber Culture Act, where 160 acres of public land were granted to settlers for free if they would develop the land that they were given. The Desert Land Act of 1877 was passed by Congress to encourage economic development of the underdeveloped public lands in the Western Territories. The people could apply for desert land entry to irrigate and reclaim the underdeveloped land. The West promised an opportunity to get rich very quickly with the idea of instant cities being built around the mining industry. The West became a symbol of true American freedom and growth. Although the white settlers during expansion benefited from the government's acts and grants, the natives had their culture systematically removed from their identity through conversion schools. The government wanted the natives off the land so they could develop and make a profit off of it. So they sent the natives to schools like the Carlisle Indian School where the natives were abused and stripped of their culture. The schools not only helped the government in removing natives off their land that they wanted to develop, but the schools were part of the cultural genocide that removed Native American culture from the United States. The massacre severely hurt the already damaged U.S.-Indian relationship and the structure of the Cheyenne and Arapo tribes. 
After this brutal slaughter, many of the Cheyenne and Arapo people joined the Dog Soldiers, which was a militant group that wanted revenge on what happened at the massacre of Sand Creek and other conflicts, including an attack on what became Fort Casper that occurred in 1865. After these revenge attacks, most of the Indians moved to Nebraska to the Black Hills and the Powder River country located in northeast Wyoming. There almost seemed to be no punishment for the people that had taken part in the massacre, as the American soldiers and Colonel Shivington got no repercussions even after the Committee of the Conduct of War pushed the government to punish these Americans for their unlawful actions. This massacre and damage to the U.S.-Indian relationship heavily affected Western expansion. The Western expansion of the United States was inevitable, so this fragile relationship between the natives and whites was required to have a peaceful migration west for the American people that would mitigate bloodshed. The destruction of their somewhat peaceful relationship by this massacre caused small skirmishes by the natives against the Americans moving westward, and a split between two groups that ruined native life in the west and changed America for the natives. We can still see the effects of this poor treatment of Native Americans today in our society. Taken in 2018, the census cited by Poverty USA rated that the Native Americans have the highest poverty rate out of any minority group in the United States with a 25.4% poverty rate of Native Americans. Another study by the Economic Policy Institute says that almost one-third of Native Americans are born into poverty, which makes the 25.4% go up each year. This is not talked about in the news or in politics, and it shows how the American government still has their own beliefs and agenda in mind rather than helping the struggling Native population, which conquered our land first, and they're treating them just like they did in the 1860s. There were many effects to the massacre. First, Colonel Shivington and Governor Evans were dishonorably removed from their duties by President Abraham Lincoln. Although the soldiers didn't receive any punishment for the Sand Creek Massacre, Lincoln viewed Shivington and Evans as leaders of the whole attack and thought their actions were unlawful and unconstitutional. The massacre led to more raids and battles in the Great Plains over land between the natives and the American people. The natives sought revenge, causing them to carry out small raids and attacks against the whites in the Great Plains. The Cheyenne Nation was especially devastated by the massacre, as they lost scores of soldiers and innocent women and children. Sand Creek ultimately led to President Ulysses S. Grant creating new peace policies with the natives because he knew that America could not be a country that allowed events like the Sand Creek Massacre to occur again, which caused a somewhat race war in the country. The further protections uh, imposed by Ulysses S. Grant 
were a good thing, although the natives were always mistreated. I think that we should devote more time as a country to the care and well-being of the Native Americans, and I think that there should be more reparations given to the Native people for the decades of intentional oppression against their people that occurred. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast.